Welcome to From Beyond, a podcast about consciousness, metaphysics, and a wide variety of provocative spiritual topics. I'm Michael Vodder, and I'm here with Universal Channel author and spiritual consultant Cindy Riggs. Cindy has been practicing professionally for 20 years, and she has a unique and fascinating perspective on spirituality. Cindy, I have a quick question for you. Sure. It's definitely not a serious question that humans have been arguing about for the entirety of recorded history. Um, what is God exactly? <laughs> not a serious question. Can, can you sum it up for us just in a couple words? <laughs> for most, it is a pretty serious question. In a couple of words? Yeah, just three words. What is God? No, I'm kidding. Just uh, what, <laughs> in your professional opinion, um, what, what, what is this concept? I can only speak from my current understanding, my current experience, my current, I guess, opinion okay. about what this is. So what is your current um, opinion? My current opinion is that this concept, and I like the way that you called it a concept, mm -hmm. that this concept of God is a name for the conscious or the consciousness that has created all things and permeates all things. So I'm going to go a little bit into the quantum. Well, that sounds like the force, first of all. That's, it does that's sound cool. like the force. I like that. It is the force. <laughs> yeah. It is absolutely the force. And so it is the consciousness that animates every subatomic particle. Yeah. That is my opinion of what this concept of God is. Now, cool. the name God is a current label that we have for this consciousness. So... Um, God throughout all time has had many different names. Right. It's had the names of Vishnu, of Viracocha, of Quetzalcoatl, yes. of Kukulkan, depending on the uh, part of the part of the world you're living in. Right. It has been called Thor. It has been called <laughs> Zeus. It has been called um, so many names. You know, interestingly, in Islam, there are 99 names of God. I know there are many, many more. That's just in Islam. <laughs> they have 99 names that they would call that creative force. Yeah. Now, in religion, or many religions, there have been many male gods, and I believe that whatever they called God at the time, Zeus. Yeah. Let's say it was Zeus. Um, Zeus is the same thing as what a Christian here in America, here in the year 2017, would call God. Right. So, same general concept. Obviously, there are distinctions, right? Of course, yeah. But, but those are all human distinctions because okay. I believe this is a human-created archetype yeah. that serves for a leader-type, you know, all-knowing, all-wise leader-type person. Humans don't understand anything but a leader. Mm. They still don't understand something that is unconditional love, that is the pure creative force of love, that has no gender, that has no agenda, except expressing and experiencing life in all of the ways that it does. That is interesting. It's hard to experience that, being that it's this force, right? It's this creative yes. potential. It's this um, mystery 
you know. And it is a mystery. It is not tangible. And no matter what people say, oh, well, this is proof that God exists. Well, everything's proof that God exists because it's the air we're yeah, breathing. it's a ridiculous question. <laughs> you said it was a quick question. I, yeah. But um, <laughs> so uh, in my view, we objectify that creative force. Mm-hmm. It's we, worshipped. We call it something, right? We, we objectify it so that we can worship it as a discrete entity, right? Rather than just, like, um, ha- rather than just um, leaving it as a mystery or um, experiencing it as such, we um, we try to wrap as, as, as nice a box around it as we can. Yes. So that we can understand it. And we give it human character. Right. We give it human characteristics like judgment. Yeah. Like uh, punishment, like love, hate. But so in reality, so let's try to dip underneath that then. Okay. So um, forget any of the particulars that humans have uh, contrived. Um, mm-hmm. What What is that thing that's underneath? Like what is that essence? What words can you use to describe it um, without dipping into um, limited descriptions of of finite gods if that makes sense and it's even difficult to use the word love because so many of us have a concept of love that is not about unconditional like consciousness yeah so even love is not the right word and that's why these things like these things you these conversations usually end up just becoming ridiculous because like we don't have the words for it um and that's why we end up with all of this crazy uh woo-woo stuff that you know it's just Mm -hmm. we just don't know what we're talking about so we resort to ancient lingo Mm -hmm. and ancient constructs um or we just you know get depressed about it and don't think about it at all um (laughs) i believe it's something that we can't define with a human brain so but we keep trying because that's what the mind wants to do it wants an explanation it wants to know what the truth is, and perhaps truth is the best descriptor for this thing. Now in quantum, in the quantum physics world, they have discovered what they call the God particle. Mm, and they're yes. calling it that. The Higgs boson. Yes, because it is something that animates every subatomic particle, but they don't know what its origin is. Yeah, it's interesting. So it, the, the Higgs particle brings mass to um, just like particles in general. Right. Like, um, because otherwise uh, everything would just float around like we wouldn't have like nothing would have mass or density we, we things wouldn't stick together right quite literally and those particles follow intent follow direction yeah it's, and, and they don't judge direction they, they've got to be controlled somehow there's there's some uh, right but they're influenced order. by mental activity they're influenced by intention on some level that must be true right because like Yes. We influence our mo- molecules by intention. We know we this. We do. Mm-hmm. Um, as you go to, to lower and lower levels, you know, at the cellular level, we know that mm-hmm. there is a, there's still, there's a conscious process that is ordering things. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the lower, the deeper and deeper you go, yeah, uh, it, uh, it, a lot of physicists are saying that there is intelligence at that quantum level impacting the decisions of individual quarks and whatnot Mm -hmm. right um it's still very much an ongoing debate 
but mm-hmm. that's physics for you. But let's also think of it from another perspective. So we have this God particle or this God or this creative force, creative yeah. consciousness. Then if we are all created from it or in its image, so to speak, because mm. it's all the same particles, right? Yeah. We're all the same particles. I'm the same particles as you. Right. And we are the same particles as the carpet yeah. in this room, <laughs> right? So if we are all created from that source, source is my favorite word <laughs> to use for God or creator, yeah. um, then we are all it too. Right. We are part of it. Right. And the air we're breathing is it. It's like, where do you want your vantage point to be, right? If, if right. your vantage point is your own skull, which is uh-huh. what we default to, then, you know, I'm a discrete entity and you're a discrete entity. Mm-hmm. But if your vantage point is just a little bit higher, mm-hmm. we're just, you know, two mitochondria in a cell. That's you right. Know, same, same idea. That's right. Um, we are. And so um, when you look at it that way, the answer to what is God is... It's everything. It's everything you see, hear, feel, taste, touch, breathe, think about. Um, That's all it. But then people would say, well, human minds would say, well, I thought this was an all-loving, like, supreme being. Why is there hate? Why is there fear? Why is there, you know, anything that is negative here? Well, see, now, yeah, we're already dipping. And then we're dipping back into duality. Yeah, and into specific... God constructs. That's right. Right. So if if we want to just stay at the at the higher level of, of God being all that is, um, be, God being sort of just like the mystery of the fact that things are and mm-hmm. the 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 energy that animates matter, mm-hmm. um, the intelligence that animates matter, mm-hmm. um, we want to have some interface with that. It's not enough for us as humans to just say, well, that's cool. There's like this mysterious uh, conscious force controlling everything. That clearly wasn't enough. So we had to construct uh, an interface, which would Mm -hmm. be uh, the God in human form, which would be Quetzalcoatl. Right. right? Something relatable to a human. Yeah. Like if we're all just computers, you know, where's the server? You know, if we're all connected to this server, how do we communicate with it? How do we understand yeah, the server? A, you need a terminal to get into the server. That's right. And so what is that terminal? That's different for everyone. Yeah, well, 2,000 every, years ago, it was Jesus Christ, you know? Right. And every religion throughout time has created a terminal. You know, we, they've created rituals. They've created messiahs. There have been so many messiahs throughout time. Yeah. <laughs> the and first son of God that that I recall is Horus. And to be fair, I think humans have, um, we've we've tended to. Uh, this this whole God concept has been become more and more sophisticated over time. So mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus was more than a, a simple terminal to you know the the mystery. Mm-hmm. He did a whole lot of other stuff and was a, a influential person mm-hmm. and sure. whatnot. Um, yeah, it's just, it's interesting to see the way that, I mean, when we think about God now, we're, we're usually, we're stuck in some kind of perspective, right? Whether we are. Whether we're, uh, whether we're 
accepting that perspective or not. I think a lot of atheists even are stuck in a perspective where God is this finite thing, and then they just find that ridiculous, and so they mm-hmm. um, reject it uh, quite sensibly. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. But but if you could get God out of that box, you might not um, feel as cross <laughs> towards. That's true. Him or her. As cross. Yeah. I like how you use that term. Um, <laughs> I don't think I've ever used that term before really in my good. entire life. It's really good. Um, <laughs> right. So you're channeling something. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> right now. And speaking of channeling. Some 1800s uh, person. Right. I've channeled so many gods and goddesses. Now those are the feminine aspects of that same creator, that same source. Now, there are actually religions of the world that's, that worship a goddess rather than a god because it's more of a feminine understanding or more of a feminine, I guess, slant to everything. Mm. But, you know, so it's interesting to me, through all the years I've been channeling, which is about 20 now, you know, I'll channel someone like Diana, who was a goddess, worshipped as a goddess in Europe or Mm. Greece or somewhere. Cool. Um, And people will be like, eh, interesting. Okay, that's interesting. But if I bring up, you know, like Jesus, (laughs) woo! Or if Mother Mary comes in, whoa. Right. That's somebody really important. But they're all the same. You know, Vishnu is no different than, um, than Horus or than Osiris. So now let's talk about that for a second. They're all aspects aspects right so they're supposed to be aspects of source aspects of the design right uh, of the divine right mm-hmm. as are we right exactly and so in a way so but i mean you are different from me right yes. i mean i know that yeah. on on some level we're part of the same tapestry right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know the difference is arbitrary in some ways but but trap- tapestries can be very very like complex yeah and like my experience of reality is that I am a discreet person from you. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I, you look different. I'm sure you feel the same way. <laughs> yes. Um, so is it possible that Jesus is a discreet... Okay, Jesus is a bad example. Is it possible that Quetzalcoatl is a discreet uh, entity from uh, Diana um, in the same way that I'm a discreet entity from you? Yes. And no. So, in the way that we are not any different from each other, we are also very different from each other. So, yes, the perspectives that I hear and experience from those different beings, all of those different gods and goddesses, it's like a unique individual, but they're a spirit being. So, yes, the perspectives are all slightly different. Now, Tara, green Tara is the mother goddess of the Tibetans. Mm. So she's like the mother Mary of the Tibetans or ancient times. So Tara explained to us that she was created with the collective consciousness of humans or by the collective consciousness of humans at the time that she was being worshipped. I mean, she's still worshipped by some. But she is a spirit being that was created with intent. By us. By humans. Right. Yeah. They wanted something that had green skin for whatever reason. They wanted something that was a female 
for whatever reason. And that's what they created. So now it's and so she's a separate entity, like a consciousness now, that is, is a real perspective and a real aspect. So we invented Green Tara in a way. Yes. But we probably invented many more. Yes. It's, it's, does that mean we invented God? Or did God predate us? Right? I think that's a really interesting question that gets at the heart of what God is. Did mm -hmm. we invent it or did it invent us? I would say yes and yes. Um, I, I believe that we, we couldn't have invented it without it, but it couldn't invent us without us. So it's literally a chicken and the egg sort of a situation. It is. Yeah. It, okay. it's, a, it's the great mystery. Yeah. Now, talk to anybody on the Ancient Aliens TV show. <laughs> And they will say that a lot of the invention may have come from extraterrestrial visitors. Right. But then who invented them? Right. It's the same right. thing. It is the same thing. It doesn't matter because a lot of people don't realize that angels are extraterrestrials. They mm -hmm. have not been terrestrial. They have not been human. They are spirit beings. Right. They're just a different type of spirit being than perhaps a Zeta Reticuli or a Pleiadian. Yeah. But... It's really all the same. We're all just different aspects of the one source. You know, it's interesting. I really wish, you know how different languages have, you know, eight different words for love? Yeah. Whereas in, in English, we've just got the one. We've got the one. <laughs> yeah, and earlier you were asking, you know, how do we describe what this thing is? It's I really just... wish we had 16 different words for the different... I know. The different types of God, right? The different, not types, it's just like... There are just so many, like, you can say the word God and mean a hundred different things. That's right. And I wish we, we had better language. Again, that's, that's why, why I like I, to use source. Right. Okay. So source, source, when you say source, I think of the force, right? Yeah. And Same thing. It's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm down with the concept of source in general. Mm -hmm. um, I also think but if I were to say the force, a lot of people would think, then oh, it's just, then, then oh now she's a Star Wars yeah, geek or something. And I am silly. a Star Wars geek, by the way. Well, good. Which is, That's, you know, we can I'm proud to say. Yeah. <laughs> Huge into science fiction. Love it. So, but I think this concept of source, um, uh, it's not enough exactly because. No, it's not. Because, okay, it, source is not necessarily intelligent, right? I think that's, that's the thing. Source, Are we needing it to be intelligent? Well, in, I mean, <laughs> I, don't I guess know. we are. We're thinking there's got to be something. If we're thinking that it created us, right? Right. In its image, that's a, that's a function of intelligence. Did it create us or did we create us as part of it? Or did we just sort of happen... Um, yeah, maybe it's all really random. Right. So I mean, <laughs> the the I mean the the current theory, right? The, the mm -hmm. leading theory is that uh, there were these initial there was there was stardust somehow, and mm -hmm. that's the question of like where did that where come did from? that come from? But right. then from that life evolves, right? And we have this mm -hmm. somewhat <laughs> this fairly convincing. Uh, theory of evolution, mm -hmm. right? That mm -hmm. that explains how that may or may not have happened, um, but still, you um, that sounded way more ominous than I thought. Like <laughs> that I do believe in the theory of evolution. <laughs> yeah, um, well, but but uh, we don't know where that initial stardust came from, um, right. nor do we, nor can we say with as much confidence as we 
we do, um, that that evolution transpired in exactly the way we think and that that makes we sense. We also can't say exactly what matter is. You know, physical matter, stardust sounds like something that would be physical matter that would start the physical universe. But, you know, what right, we need is energy. that? Right, is that that's, just holographic, like we are told our reality is? Yeah, because here's the thing. I mean, right, so this concept of matter and energy is is interesting, and I think it's um, it doesn't get enough credit in the mainstream scientific world, no. right? But, I mean, you don't just need stardust to animate life. That's that's a very good point you make. You also right. need energy, right. and I don't just and I, I don't mean specifically like ATP and glucose and whatever like right. those <laughs> um, those physical uh, uh, vehicles of energy. Mm-hmm. Right? You need energy itself. The the right the chi. Yeah. Or the prana. Right. Or the ki or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Life yeah. Force. I mean that fundamental energy that underlies the 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 life force yeah the thing that leaves the physical body when a person dies and Mm -hmm. they and you can measure that they have lost a few ounces of weight instantly at the moment of their death right and who who came (laughs) up with that i mean i think we're past the point of thinking that um you know a, a dude with a white beard in the clouds like snapped his fingers and whatever i mean but we don't really have another <laughs> explanation exactly i guess my my best fr- phrase at this moment would be infinite source okay infinite consciousness something like that but then consciousness kind of sounds like it's got ideas and it's got direction and yeah so here's the so what thing. is god's will then if you talk to fringe quantum physicists they'll mm-hmm. talk about this idea um they, they speak of consciousness as being the primary, um, well, the primary, as being mm-hmm. as being all it is. Like, mm-hmm. consciousness is primary, mm-hmm. and consciousness animates matter, right? And so they talk about um, quantum particles as having consciousness. Um, and uh, based on the based on the intent of any system, no matter how small, it manifests in physical reality using the Higgs boson and mm-hmm. all of that mm-hmm. um, to achieve density and then to stick to other dense particles and then you have creation. Mm-hmm. But that before that, um, there had to be conscious particles <laughs> in essence. So that's, right. that's, and that is then an extent, like that makes, that blends really well, I think, with the theory of of there being this source, right? Because mm-hmm. if there is source, and if it is this sort of this uh, this um, nondescript conscious energy, um, it makes sense that then it would animate through the most fundamental layer level of of existence, through the quantum field, through everything, mm-hmm. and then right, we would have life. I like the analogy of water, like the ocean. So you can take a cup. And scoop up some water out of the ocean, and that's kind of like scooping up some of the essence of creation okay. into a vehicle, like a physical body. 
Okay. So let's say we scoop up a cup of water, and that's me. We scoop up another cup of water, that's you. Yeah. I decide to add sweetener to mine and maybe some food coloring. Okay. You decide to add, I don't know, maybe some protein powder, something. <laughs> and then that changes the quality of that essence, but the essence is still that base foundational essence. Mm. Okay. So we can flavor it however we want. We can create a personality which is only of the physical, um, you know, incarnate existence, that whole personality, like structure that we create. Right. But ultimately, we're just the essence. We're just the water in this analogy. Right. So that would be the divine part of you. The divine right? part of me, right. But I can add toxic waste to my glass, <laughs> you know, like, but... And we do. We do. We eat crap. We think crap, yeah. and then that toxifies that, you know, but the essence is still intact. Right. The water molecules will still return to water molecules eventually. After all that stuff evaporates off or is recycled in some way. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite analogy with that. And that essence is God then, right? That essence is source or God or infinite consciousness, yeah. yes. So, so Ken Wilber has written some interesting stuff about this too. So I'd like, I don't know how much I've mentioned Ken Wilber on this podcast, but he's like my favorite, <laughs> like author, uh, in this sort of realm. Um, and he talks about like the three faces of God, mm -hmm. which off the top of my head, I'm not going to remember exactly, but I know one of them is like an internal, um, face. It's like me. Right. Mm -hmm. So I am one of the three faces of God. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I, I can think about that as being my divine self, my my mm -hmm. true self, my higher self, my or your soul, my soul. Right. 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 My essence. Mm -hmm. um, my this truth. Is, this is sounding like it's going toward the Holy Trinity of Father, A, Son yeah, and Holy Spirit. Very right? much related. Yes. There are trinities throughout time. Of that same concept, isn't one of the like one of the really cool Celtic uh, symbols that's yes. popular in mm -hmm. metaphysics? The triple goddess. Okay. Yeah, it's a it's a knot. Oh a yeah, three, Celtic knot. A three, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's cool. It's called the triple goddess. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Trinity. Um, yeah. So that part of that source or that God is one of the three according to Ken. Ken and also everyone else, yeah. as everyone else throughout time, because I think that was a structure that was simple enough to help humans to understand what that thing was. That it is inside you, it is outside you. Yeah. It's not just a, a, the guy with the white beard in the sky, yeah. which just seems ridiculous to me. However, it is interesting to note that some people in their after or near death experience will actually see that because that has been their belief. Because that's their belief, yeah. Right. That's interesting. In too. fact, the, uh, the near death experiencers or um, that have reported what they've experienced when they die and then, of course, they come back, but they, they all report something different, whatever they expected the other side to look like. <laughs> So yet, it's wow. like yet another hologram. <laughs> you know, I was crossing over a man. I may have mentioned this before, but it's just such a compelling story to me. And it gives me chills every time I mention it. 
I was crossing a man over who was stuck on this plane one day. And as soon as he entered the light, he turned around and looked at this reality. And he said, oh, so that was the dream. <laughs> so what he indicated to me was that this reality that we're sitting in is illusory. It is a hologram. It is a holographic space. Right, it's that classic uh, thing that everybody jokes about, like we may or may not be in the matrix. Right, life no. is but a dream. Yeah. Right, and so that was just very interesting to me and, and really, really profound, I thought. It, it was, an, again, every time I tell the story, I get chills. Hmm. So there's something to that that's very powerful, at least for me. So we don't know, and as long as we are trying to figure it out, we're wasting our, our mental energy on trying to explain something or define something that can't be defined. Which begs the question <laughs> of why do we bother, right? And Because mm -hmm. uh, we're seeking truth. We're seeking truth, yeah, sure, and meaning, right? right. Meaning. And, um, that's another one that's interesting when it comes to all of this because what if the meaning is just all of it? You know, what if there is no higher meaning and I'm not saying there isn't I have this concept myself of evolution of the soul right I understand raising the frequency raising the frequency somehow returning all into one source again yeah but I don't know if that's true either you know mm -hmm. maybe it's just really random maybe there is no but I doubt it the, the universe does have order I think at some level, not here, but at some level, and maybe here the order is here too. But what I do know, you know, what I do know as a fact is that humans want there to be order. And oh we yes, want, we that want is there a to fact. Be meaning. We, we do. We want to find meaning. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, you could say that that's because there is meaning, right? Mm -hmm. Or you could say that that's just, um, you know, our, our brains are, our, the mind is a sense maker. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and we just we have this drive to make sense out of everything, whether it's, mm -hmm. you know, how to open up a nut so that we can survive mm -hmm. um, right. on a new type of food. Yeah. Right. It, when, mm -hmm. As we're evolving millions of years ago um, or whether it's how to um, bring greater meaning to our lives uh, once we become conscious to a certain level and mm -hmm. we need that. <laughs> Right? right. I mean, and most of us, I think, want to raise everybody up as much as we can help others. I mean, so many people I talked to said, I, I don't I don't think I'm in the right job. I just want to help people. Hmm. They don't know how to do it. But, you know, like as it would translate into a job or a career. But most people would like to be a hero, help. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those inbuilt drives, mm -hmm. you know, that, that humans have mm -hmm. to help people, to, you know, defend your family, mm -hmm. um, to find food. Right, find food, protection for the tribe. Um, <laughs> we're, we're still pretty tribal. And then to worship something greater, right? Whether it's right. like the warlord of your tribe or um, whether it's, <laughs> I mean, in a sense, God becomes the warlord of the tribe once the tribe reaches a certain population oh, density. Yes. 
you know? Right, how many gods are depicted with armor and swords? And yeah, well, and if you follow sort of like developmental theory, the idea is that hum we reached a certain point where, um, you know, uh, we had to uh, bring tribes onto the same page, right? Mm -hmm. You couldn't just... Right. Um, so once we wanted to civilize, mm -hmm. um, and we, we had to sort of cooperate with larger groups of people, we had to have a common God. Mm -hmm. right. right. I mean, that's right. literally, like, uh, some would say that that literally is, uh, that was when we invented God as this discrete entity or this, this larger mm -hmm. concept. That's right. Is because we, it was no longer enough to just have the warlord of your tribe. Now mm -hmm. we have to, my tribe and your tribe have to have the same warlord, so we have to imagine one. That's right. We have to create one. Otherwise, we're going to keep fighting. Right, and you look at sort of the fact that then we were able to fight the Crusades and all of that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I say as if it's a good thing. But um, yeah. that, that's because... <laughs> How many we holy were, wars? <laughs> we were able to gather people together under a common banner, which, you know, in terms of human ability is pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, if you think about the fact that we, we were a people who... Um, just lived in squalor and mm -hmm. um, yeah. hunted for food and you know we didn't trust anyone that we didn't know mm -hmm. well now you can trust anybody who worships the same god right right and mm -hmm. so that like expands trade it expands um mm -hmm. the possibility to fight long-term wars mm -hmm. um, and all of this it's fascinating yeah and none of it's wrong and none of it's right <laughs> <laughs> Right. I think it's really important to keep our minds open to everything just is, and this is part of the evolutionary process of being in the human form. Now, we chose to be humans on this planet right now, so we wanted to be part of that game. Right. And we knew what we were being born into, I believe. Just from my experience, all the spirits that I've talked to, oh, yeah, I chose my parents before I was born. Yes, I knew. I knew what society I was coming into. Mm -hmm. And so why? Yeah, the, the question is not what is God, but why? Why all of this? Yeah. Why all of us? Why all of this? Can't be answered. And yet we have, like everyone has an answer. Right. Sure. Or they try to have an answer. Mm -hmm. um, I'm always open to whatever answer might be introduced next. Right. Um, my current opinion is why? Because it can. Hmm. <laughs> just because. Because it just chose to have all these experiences through all of the aspects that are all of the gods and goddesses, that are all of us, that are all of the other beings of the universe. Some of them I probably haven't even met yet. Hmm. It's just fascinating. But it's interesting to me, when I get back to my channeling that I've done for so long, how one is more important than another to a human. Right. We are still creating hierarchies in our minds. We're still, it's, it's like we're all assigning importance to one or another. Mm-hmm. Which is arbitrary, in a sense. Mm-hmm. 
and yet meaningful to the person in that meaningful moment. to the person and powerful for them you know if mother mary shows up when i've got somebody on my table and i'm doing energy work and that's the one that they really think is powerful then it's a powerful experience for them because they're more open to that one than say freya who they've maybe never heard of right or some druid god or some hindu god yeah. that they've never heard of although they're all quite powerful in my experience. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm just open to whomever. I don't I try not to categorize them in a hierarchy myself. So is your experience of it that they are the same person that just wearing different cloaks? Or like in terms of their consciousness as you interact with them, are they different? They are different. It's that different flavor okay. that has either been assigned to them or that they have taken upon themselves to assist with the human experience. They do yeah. assist. They do have consciousness and the ability to guide. Yeah. They certainly do. I mean, the, what I've learned from the spirits I've channeled, I, I don't know where I would have learned such things, such helpful information, such powerful information. Right. And then the energy. They all have a different pattern of energy, so they all have like a different thumbprint. Yeah, that's interesting too. You know, so they've all got their own particle configuration like we do. So there's a different flavor to each one, a different personality, so to speak, even though they're not in human form. And if we were to ask one of them, what is God, hmm. what would they say? I wonder who would respond. Yeah, I mean... I was thinking that just a moment ago too. Like, uh, the being I would want to ask is a being that I channel called Ashtar Ra. Okay. It's Ashtar, and then a capital R in there, Ashtar Ra, all one name, and it does not have a gender. It is different than most of the gods and goddesses and ascended masters cool. that I've channeled. Ashtar Ra, as far as I know, is the closest thing to source that I've channeled so far. It's genderless. It's it's a very, very high frequency. Let me see if Ashtar Ra wants to answer that question. Um, I, don't, I don't believe it's necessary to channel that being right now, okay. although I could, I could if you... It's up to you. Okay, let me see what Ashtar Ra suggests okay. um, based on what we've been talking about, which okay. of course it can hear. And that's another thing I just want to say, no matter if it's your spirit guide or your deceased loved one, they can hear your thoughts. Mm. They can hear everything you say. So many people come in, they say, will you please just tell my grandfather that I love him? I'm like, he already he heard you. Um, yeah, they, they hear that. Right, so it's not like I have The to idea is that thoughts are energy, right? I mean, right, thought, and, and everything's connected. Thought exists, right? It, We're all it in the ocean. We're all the ocean. in your mind. Right. right. And so anything that's connected to your mind slash the ocean will yeah. have access to it. Right. Scary thought. Yeah. Ashtara. May we just ask you the question? <laughs> Ashtara says, I would be pleased to present a concept of an answer for you. Okay. okay. So what would that answer be? <laughs> The first thing it says is nothingness. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So how do we create substance out of nothingness? 
a thought, says Ashtara, a thought. So what creates a thought? Source is the source of all thought. So all thoughts that we are thinking, so now I'm having a conversation with this being, okay, because right. I have a, I have questions. So all thoughts that we are thinking are what? They are not new thought. No thought is ever new thought. All thought just exists. All concept just exists. And what you, you humans are doing is accessing a point in space, not time, but a point in mm, the eternal space in which that concept exists. So every idea is not a new idea. It has just not been presented in this space-time as of yet. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, so... So it sounds like there's a pool of everything out there. Yeah, it's sort of like and um, that theory where every, every possible universe exists, right? At like every potential exists in a possible universe, yes, sort of. Yes, that's right. Every but potential, every idea for thought. So then thought creates everything else. Thought creates God. God is such a limited concept to your minds. She's, I, I want to call it she, but it's not correct. It says, it's just, a, it's hard for me to call a being it. Yeah, it doesn't seem respectful. But, um, Ashtara, the Ashtara. intersex God. And the only reason I accidentally said she is because its energy is always so pink to me. I see it as pink and gold. Doesn't mean she's a she. It does not. <laughs> but see, my mind, as long as I've been doing this, I still can't, you know, wrap my mind around a genderless consciousness. It's tough, right? Because we have this it concept is tough. of binary gender. I know. We do. And I don't believe that's correct either. Yes, I think that our hormones create um, a male or a female body. Sometimes it creates both. Um, there are babies still born that have both. Uh, we're getting off topic. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, okay, but it's so, all one pool of things. So, let right, me get back to Ashtara. She, she he, it, it was also saying um, uh, nothingness, right? Start with nothingness. Yes. Which is interesting. And then a thought creates yes. something, which would... But all thought comes from source, which seems to be a whole pool of thought. Right. And ideas. Ashtara says, source is creating it all, experiencing it all, and orchestrating it all. Now, Ashtara, we understand that we have free will while we are in this space of duality. Can you talk about that? Free will is both illusory and real. So the illusory free will is that you are encountering or engaging in new thought. The actual reality of free will is that you can choose the way that you perceive what is occurring or what you are thinking or what you think the thought is about. Ooh. 
That was an interesting sentence to channel. Um, so we like choose our perspective. We choose way, the but, perspective. But how often do we really? Because I know uh, so often we're, you know, we're shoehorned into a perspective that we chose long ago, or that was sculpted around us. And Ashtara says, "This is the great challenge of the human form." So we came here to question those perspectives that we've been taught. We came here to truly choose our own perspective. And Ashtara is saying to me, that's, where, that's how you discover your truth. So when you say that there are no new ideas, uh, is that sort of like a, like technically there are no new ideas, but obviously we can have the experience of having new ideas? Yes. What I'm seeing, Ashara is now showing me an image of a computer. So everything's been programmed. Yeah. Everything that's possible has been programmed. Every possible thought, every possible action, every possible situation. And now it's like the source or computer is just releasing new operating systems, releasing new programs, releasing upgrades, releasing um, plugins. You know, <laughs> it's, that's what's happening here in this reality. Interesting. We're all in the monitor. So that's, yeah, so I mean, I guess Ashtara is taking the side of determinists who sort of believe that everything has already been faded, right? Now, that's another question I have for Ashtara. So let me ask, Ashtara, um, if everything is faded, does that mean everything that we're going to do has already happened? Yes and no. It depends on from where you are perceiving. Oh, there we go again. Is there any question so, we can ask for which the answer is not yes and no? That's a good question. We'll ask. Ashara says, now you're getting the hang of this. <laughs> <laughs> so there isn't any question that we could ask where there is an absolute yes or no answer. Wonderful. <laughs> and now I'm getting an image in my mind's eye of multi-dimensions, multi-layers of what we're talking about. So it's just impossible to understand. So what is God? It is nothingness. That doesn't sound respectful, does it? Uh, it is also everything. It is also, it is, it is everything. Thingness. Yeah. I guess we could say. It is everything and no thing. It is the space between the particles, and it is the particles. So what is God's will, as people would say, if it's God's will? Now I could answer that based on what I've just seen and heard from Ashtara. <clears throat> I could say God's will is whatever our will is, because we are that. We are aspects of that source. We are. We could also say that God's will is whatever's going to happen, because it's already happened. <laughs> None of those are satisfying answers. At least they're to not. Me. No, because then how do we make choices? How do we, um, you know, should we just not care? And <laughs> you know what I think another <clears throat> interesting exercise is: um, what do we want to believe God right. is? Right. Right. And you know, excellent. And it's interesting to think about that because. First of all, that can have a huge bearing on what you actually believe. A lot mm -hmm. of us oh, yeah. just kind of believe what we want to believe. Mm -hmm. um, and you find you find evidence for whatever it is. That's right. Um, 
Well, but, and you could say evidence is everywhere of God because yeah. it's all God, right? Sure. It's all source. Yeah, I mean, if you believe God is X, you can find evidence for that. It's, of course. Uh, confirmation bias is the psychological mm-hmm. um, mechanism that explains yep. that. Mm-hmm. So um, it's an interesting exercise. What do I want God to be? And I'm honestly, like, obviously it's something I've thought about. I'm not sure, right? Mm-hmm. Because on one hand, you want God to be explainable, but on the other hand, as soon as God's explainable, it's not God, right? <laughs> right. So mm-hmm. uh, you you can't you can't win, you know. And and it's mm-hmm. um, I guess you want God to be um, you want God to make things clear for you and to provide discrete. Uh, source of a discrete source of meaning in a way, mm-hmm. but then yeah. you don't want God to um, to limit you in That's other right. ways. Like if I was born and by the time I realized I was a, an individual and that I could think and do whatever I wanted here, I wouldn't want God or whatever that is to say, "You were born to be a gynecologist." okay what if i don't really dig that what if i don't really want that um a lot of people wouldn't want god to say you were born to be homeless right you know what do you do with that right but i mean and then what's the whole journey about that is the thing i mean in in certain cultures that is what god was god god birthed you into a certain thing and then you were meant to like understand your place and that's right um just do that thing Mm -hmm. right right Um, the concept of god at the time Right, and that was adaptive right. in some ways because people couldn't really move around, and so they might as well believe right. that they couldn't. <laughs> right, right. And and have a, a means of sort of wrapping their heads around that in a pleasant mm-hmm. way. And we still think that our life purpose has to be some kind of archetype, like doctor, attorney, um, fisherman, you know, whatever it is. We feel like our purpose is supposed to be the thing that we do. And maybe it is for some. I don't think it is for others. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, and so thinking about that in terms of God, like how does God fit into that? I I think it's just it's interesting if you if you can be honest with yourself and really come with come up with an answer to that question of what do I want God to be, that can be enlightening because you can then challenge um, your conceived notions mm-hmm. of 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 what God is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, In The Science of Getting Rich, Wallace Waddles, the author, said, um, you are just creative force seeking further expression. <laughs> life yeah. is always seeking life. Creative force is always seeking further expression, Where, whether that's what we would call tragic or whether that's what we would call blissful. That's it's just seeking the gamut of expression. That was written a while ago, right? 1800s, yeah. Nice. And now you can download it as a free PDF. That's cool. I love I love a lot of those earlier authors and what yeah. they were writing about, like the transcendental movement and I know and sort of they had this really interesting idea of source and mm-hmm. God and metaphysics mm-hmm. and spirits and yeah, it's fascinating stuff. Yeah, I refer to that book a lot. Actually, it was confusing as I read it. And it's scienceofgettingrich.net. You can download it for free. Mm. But uh, once I understand or understood what he was getting at, it made perfect sense. And it really expanded my awareness. Interesting. Yeah. 
one of the I, I think it's one of the key things that I read when I was really opening up to this stuff. So it's a good one. Thanks, Wallace. I know you can hear me. <laughs> well, thank you, Ashtara. I'm glad we cleared that up, right? That's uh, it's pretty clear. I, I'm, I, I think we really uh, laid it out succinctly for our audience what God is and what God is sure. not. Sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's actually probably way more simple than our mind will allow it to be. Yeah, that's true. We're all we're just dancing around the the concept, just sort it's of just having all fun concepts. But yeah, but it's simple and it's complicated at the same time. It's yes and it's no. It is alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. It's mm. everything. It is the so I am. that will give our listeners something to ponder. Yes, happy pondering. <laughs> Thank you, and thank yourself for taking the time to entertain some new spiritual concepts today. I hope it has been interesting and or helpful. You can find Cindy's channeled books on Amazon. Kindle versions also available. And visit my website, cindyriggs.com. 